بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وآله الطاهرين السلام عليكم dear brothers and sisters ورحمتullahi وبركاته I'd like to welcome you all back to another episode of the life of Prophet Muhammad So we've been discussing some of the most important events of the first and second year of the Hijrah and you know some of the the events that we'll be covering will not be specifically in chronological order because there's so much to cover but inshallah in you know in this episode and in some of the upcoming episodes we'll speak about uh, this time period uh, during the Medani period which is the first and second year after the Hijrah now one of the most important events that takes place in the Muslim community in Medina in the second year after the Hijrah is the marriage of Ali and Fatima. And this, the marriage took place in the end of Safar, which is basically the, uh, you know, uh, the beginning of the Islamic year. And so they marry, and Fatima to Zahra السلام, when she is wedded to Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib, she's nine years old at the time. And there is a delay. They delay the wedding celebration for about 10 months until the first of Dhul Hijjah. And this is why we typically uh, celebrate the, the marriage of Ali and Fatima on the first of Dhul Hijjah because that is when the formal wedding celebration took place. So in the Shi'i tradition, the consensus, the, the overwhelming majority of Shi'i scholars believe that Fatima to Zahra was nine years old when she married Ali ibn Abi Talib. In the Sunni tradition, you see that she is considered to be at the age of 18. And this difference of opinion stems from a disagreement about the date of her birth. In the Shi'i tradition, Fatima al-Zahra was born five years after the Ba'tha, which means around this time, she's nine, ten years old. In the Sunni tradition, it is believed that she was born five years before the Ba'tha. And many Shi'i scholars believe that this insistence by some Sunni scholars that she was born five years before the Ba'tha is essentially to deny those narrations that speak of the miraculous conception of Fatima and the idea that her life seed is from paradise. Because we, there are many ahadith that speak about the ascension of the Prophet and his entrance into paradise where he takes uh, some of the fruits of paradise, he consumes it, and then that uh, essentially becomes the life seed of Lady Fatima. Now, in any case, why would the Holy Prophet ﷺ, some may ask, why would the Prophet give his nine-year-old daughter in marriage to Ali ibn Abi Talib? Isn't nine too young? And this is a question that is asked even about the Prophet himself and some of his marriages to his wives. Why is it that we see 
young girls, you know, eight, nine, ten years old getting married. Isn't this unusual? We have to keep in mind that, yes, today, you know, in the 21st century, this is unusual. However, it's important for us to contextualize these reports. We have to bear in mind that in ancient and medieval societies, it was quite common for girls to be betrothed at the age of puberty or even before the age of puberty. And the reason why we see early marriage, young, young people getting married, you know, young girls, 9, 10, 11 years old getting married, is because life expectancy during that time necessitated early marriage. Life expectancy, for instance, uh, during the Roman period was 25 years. So if you wait until your early 20s to get married and have children, chances are you only have a few years left. So, so the life expectancy during the Roman Empire, during the, the Roman period, was 33 years old, was 25 years old. During the Middle Ages, the life expectancy of a person was 33 years old. And only until the, 18, only until the 1900s, fairly recently, did, did the life expectancy of a person reach up to 55 years? So you have people who are living at a time where they only live for a few decades. And furthermore, infant mortality rates were especially high because you know, there was no modern medicine. Uh, and this required couples to have many children with the hopes that some of them would survive. I mean, we know even in the, the life of the Prophet ﷺ, the Prophet lost some of his own children. And so this was only possible if people married young. You know, if you look at some of the, the kings and queens of, uh, of medieval Europe, many of them would get married uh, at, at young ages. So this was a necessity of the time. Now, in any case... If we look at the narrations that mention the proposals to Lady Fatima السلام, now it's important to, to remember that the Prophet now is essentially the, the highest authority in Medina. And the companions of the Prophet see that his daughter Fatima is, is coming of age. She's reached the age of physical maturity. So a number of prominent companions, they come forward seeking the hand of Fatima Narrations say, for instance, وَخَطَبَ أَبُوْ بَكْرٍ وَعُمَرْ فَاطِمَةَ أَوَّلَ Among the first to come forward and propose to Fatima was Abu Bakr and Umar. And what was the response of the Prophet? فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَآلِهِ لَهُمَا The prophets gave the same answer to both of them. إِنَّهَا صَغِيرَةً The prophet said she is too young. Now of course, the prophet was very politely uh, declining them because it, it was very common for, for women to get married 
at that age. But perhaps the Prophet you know, was, was saying that she's too young. She's too young for you, especially because Abu Bakr and Umar were you know, much older. In any case, the Prophet rejects their proposals. When Ali ibn Abi Talib proposed, shortly after they did, the Prophet accepted the proposal and he wedded his daughter to Ali ibn Abi Talib. Now this report, the, the narration that mentions that Abu Bakr and Umar proposed uh, to Fatima, they approached Rasulullah and they asked for the hand of Fatima and they were denied. This is mentioned by Al-Hakim al-Naysaburi in Al-Mustadrak al-Sahihain, which is a collection of hadith that are authentic based on the methodology and the authentication process of Bukhari and Muslim. And Al-Hakim al-Naysaburi, the title that he was given is Al-Hakim. So this is a man who is an expert on hadith. And he says about this narration where the proposal of Abu Bakr and Umar was rejected, he says, هذا حديث صحيح على شرط الشيخين ولم يخرجا. He says this tradition, meaning the, the tradition where Abu Bakr and Umar proposed to Fatima, the Prophet rejects their proposal, and then Ali proposes, and then he accepts it. This tradition is authentic based on the methodology of Bukhari and Muslim. So al-Shaykhain, the two shaykhs, refer to Bukhari and Muslim, but they did not include it in their hadith collections. There is another narration. So there are a number of narrations that, that describe these attempts by some of the prominent companions and some of the nobles of Quraysh, their attempts to try to marry Fatima Another narration says, Quraysh, the nobles of Quraysh, and you know some of the uh, companions of the Prophet, you know many of the Muhajireen were from the nobles of Quraysh. There were many of them who came proposing to Fatima and the Prophet turned them away. وَمِنْهُمْ عَبْدُ الرَّحْمَنِ ibn Auf, And among those who proposed was Abdul Rahman ibn Auf, who was from Quraysh, and he was one of the more wealthy companions of the Prophet. بِإِشَارَةٍ مِنْ أَبِي بَكْرٍ وَعُمَرٍ عَلَيْهِ It seems that that Abu Bakr and Umar, they proposed and they were rejected. So, so they suggested Abdul Rahman ibn Auf to go and propose. وَكَانَ قَدْ خَطَبَهَا أَبُو بَكْرٍ فَرَدَّهُ ثُمَّ خَطَبَهَا عُمَرْ فَرَدَّهُ أَيْضًا So, Abdul Rahman ibn Auf is encouraged to go by Abu Bakr and Umar. Abu Bakr and Umar, as we mentioned, their proposal was uh, rejected and the Prophet ﷺ, he turned them away. There are a number of narrations that that mention that after Abu Bakr and Umar were turned away 
and we have a number. We're not just talking about one or two narrations. A you know a, a large number of narrations. بأن أبا بكر وعمر بعد أن ردهما النبي صلى الله عليه وآله قصد عليا إلى محل عمله. When Abu Bakr and Umar were turned away, there are a number of narrations that tell us that they went looking for Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib. And they went to his place of work. It seems that the Imam was you know, working in some orchards or in some gardens or you know, cultivating some farmland. They go to him. فَقَالَ لَهُ لِمَ لَا تَخْطِبْ Why don't you propose to Fatima? فَخَطَبَهَا عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ إِلَى النَّبِيِّ فَزَوَّجَهُ إِيَّاهَا And of course, the Imam later on he proposes and his proposal is accepted. Now there is an interesting discussion here. Uh, Sayyid uh, Ja'far Murtad al-Amili, who was one of our most brilliant contemporary scholars who passed away uh, this past year, uh, he, he wrote a, a contemporary biography of the Prophet that spans 35 volumes. And it's, a very, it's, a, it's an analytical uh, examination of the history of Islam, especially the, the biography of the Prophet. And he speculates, he believes that the reason why Abu Bakr and Umar encouraged Ali to go and propose is because they were hoping that the Prophet would also reject his proposal. And by doing so, it would equalize them. So since they were rejected, they were encouraging others because the Prophet, from their understanding, the Prophet said she's too young. So if, if the Prophet told them she's too young, why are they encouraging others to ask? It seems that they felt humiliated and they wanted others to be rejected. So the rejection of the proposal goes beyond these two individuals. So they were hoping that this, that the Prophet would also reject Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib and therefore reject their, their proposal being rejected would not be you know, uh, that much of an embarrassment because others were also uh, rejected. In any case, there were many people who were upset who were frustrated when the Prophet ﷺ turned them away. In fact, it seems that there was a lot of chatter and talk and some, of, some people had some resentment towards the Prophet for declining their proposal. And this is why you see the Prophet ﷺ frequently reminding the people that He's saying that إِنَّمَا زَوَّجَهُ إِيَّاهَا بِأَمْرٍ مِّنَ السَّمَاءِ You know, the narrations tell us that the Prophet ﷺ married Fatima to Ali by the command of God. Meaning that this was not just some personal issue that the Prophet was managing. You know, the, the Prophet is essentially telling the people that this is, this is not personal. I don't have a, any personal grudge against anyone. 
the matter of Fatima, the issue of the marriage of Fatima is something that has been decided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have another narration again that gives us a sense of how upset many of the companions were over the fact that their proposals were rejected. The narration says, Abu Bakr and Umar, they actually reproached the Prophet. They blamed him for rejecting their proposals. They took offense. It offended them that you know, because they saw themselves as senior companions of the Prophet, as important personalities. And especially because Abu Bakr had, uh, the Prophet had married the daughter of, of Abu Bakr, it's almost as though he felt that this was, you know, uh, owed to him in some way. That I gave you my daughter in marriage, and it's only appropriate that you give me your daughter in marriage. So they were offended. They had this, you know, resentment. And especially because they were turned away and Ali's proposal was accepted. So the Prophet ﷺ, so when, when Abu Bakr and Umar say to the Prophet, you know, why did you turn us away? Why did you not accept our proposal? The Prophet ﷺ, he says, Wallahi ma ana mana'atukum wazawajtu, balillahu mana'akum wazawaja. By God, I did not reject you. The Prophet is trying to make them understand that I am not the one who turned you away. I did not reject your proposal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rejected it. And it was Allah who decreed that Ali should marry Fatima. I was not the one who gave Ali to my daughter. Allah gave Ali to my daughter. This is a matter that has been decided by revelation. And this is why we have many narrations that highlight the fact that Ali and Fatima were created for one another, meaning that they are spiritual equals to one another. There's a narration from the Prophet ﷺ where he says, لَوْ لَمْ يُخْلَقْ عَلِيٌّ مَا كَانَ لِفَاطِمَ If Allah did not create Ali ibn Abi Talib, Fatima would have no equal in marriage. There would be no one to compliment her. There would be no one who is at her status, who could appreciate her, who would be deserving of marrying her other than Ali ibn Abi Talib. In a narration from Imam al-Sadiq alayhi salam, he says, لَوْلَا أَنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى خَلَقَ أَمِيرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ لَمْ يَكُنْ لِفَاطِمَ كُفْءٌ فِي وَجْهِ الْأَرْضِ آدَمَ فَمَنْ دُونَ Imam al-Sadiq alayhi salatu wassalam, he says, if Allah did not create Amir al-Mu'mineen. If he did not create the commander of the faithful, Ali ibn Abi Talib, Fatima would not have an equal on the face of the earth from the time of Adam until Yawm al-Qiyamah. Meaning no one 
is equal to Fatima to Zara, other than Ali ibn Abi Talib. There is a, an authentic narration from Imam al-Baqir salam in Al-Kafi, and this is a narration which has an authentic chain of transmission. Imam al-Baqir salam he reports from the Prophet. And of course, when Imam, of course, Imam al-Baqir wasn't living during the time of the Prophet, but, of, but we know that you know, normally a hadith that is being narrated from the Prophet needs to have a full chain of transmission going back to the Prophet. But of course here, if it was anyone other than the Imams of Ahlul Bayt, we would say this hadith is mursal. There's a gap between the person and the Prophet. But here we know that whatever Imam al-Baqir narrates is from Imam Zain al-Abideen, and whatever is from Imam Zain al-Abideen is from Imam al-Husayn, which is from Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib, which is from the Prophet. Imam al-Baqir, he says, قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَآلِهِ إِنَّمَا أَنَا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُكُمْ أَتَزَوَّجُ فِيكُمْ وَأُزَوِّجُكُمْ The Prophet says, I'm a human being, just like you. I marry from you, and I give in marriage to you. You know, we marry from one another. I'm a human being just like you, there's no problem. إِلَّا فَاطِمَةً But Fatima is an exception. فَإِنَّ تَزْوِيجَهَا نَزَلَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ Because the marriage of Fatima is something that has been sent down from heaven, meaning that it has been ordered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I don't even have a choice on the matter. in the matter. This is something that has been decreed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's a very interesting narration where the, the riwayah says that when Ali ibn Abi Talib proposed to Fatima, when he, proposed, when he came to the Prophet proposing, uh, asking for the hand of Fatima, the Prophet says to the Imam, of course, after receiving the approval of Fatima, he says, Hiya laki, hiya laka ya Ali, The Prophet says to Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib that, Oh Ali, she's yours. Fatima is yours. And then the Prophet says to the Imam, You are not a con artist. Now, the question here is, why would the Prophet say to the Imam that you're not a con artist? This implies that many of those who came asking for the hand of the Prophet, or at least some of them, did not have good intentions. They were trying to use their, the marriage of Fatima, that relationship, for certain worldly interests. Otherwise, why would the Prophet say to Ali that she's yours? You are not a con artist. You are not a Dajjal. Dajjal means someone who's a deceiver, someone who's manipulative. So this implies that some of those who came asking for the hand of Fatima had ulterior motives. Now some Sunni scholars have said that no, the correct way of reading the narration is, هِيَ لَكَ يَا عَلِي لَسْتُ بِدَجَّالِ 
Oh Ali, she is yours. I am not a deceiver. And they say that the Prophet said this because he had promised Ali that he would give him his daughter Fatima many years ago. And now that he has come to ask, the Prophet is saying that she's yours. Don't worry, I'm not going to go back on my word. I'm not a Dajjal. Now this is obviously inaccurate because there was no such agreement. And in fact, this is why Abu Bakr and Umar and others, they were the ones who were suggesting to Imam Ali, why don't you go and marry Fatima? And why would the Prophet use such an ugly word when the Prophet could have simply said that, you know, I'm a man of my word. Why does he say, have to say, I'm not a Dajjal? It seems to be an inappropriate word that the, that the Prophet is using to describe himself or negating this quality from himself. So in any case, the Prophet says, she is yours, O Ali, you are not a con artist. So many scholars say that this uh, indicates that we can infer from this that many of those who were asking for the hand of Fatima perhaps had some ulterior motives. So how did Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib actually propose? What are the details? There are a number of narrations that mention uh, the specifics جَاءَ الْإِمَامُ عَلِيَ بْنَ أَبِي طَالِبِ إِلَىٰ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ وَهُوَ فِي مَنْزِلِ أُمِّ سَلَمَةِ One day, Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib went to go see the Prophet. You know, this is after he was encouraged by others to go and propose. He went to the Prophet and the Prophet ﷺ was in the house of Umm Salama, one of his, his wives. فَسَلَّمَ عَلَيْهِ the Imam السلام, he greeted the Prophet and he sat in front of the Prophet. And some narrations say that he did this a number of times. In fact, he was too shy to ask and to propose, but eventually he mustered up the courage to ask the Prophet. So the Imam he sits in front of the Prophet quietly and he doesn't say anything. So the Prophet ﷺ, he says to Ali ibn Abi Talib, Atayta lihaja? Have you come for something? Do you need anything? The Imam السلام, he says, and of course with his head lowered, he was probably, his face was probably flushed red because he was shy to make such a request. He had so much haya. Uh, he was very bashful in the presence of Rasulullah. The Imam says, Naam, ataytu khatiban ibnataka Fatima, fahal anta muzawwijuni, ya Rasulullah. I've come to propose to your daughter Fatima. I've come to ask for her hand. Will you wed her to me? Here, Um Salama, she says, so Salama was there. She witnessed the actual proposal. The moment that Ali asked for Fatima, she says, Um Salama, she says that I saw the Prophet's face light up with joy and happiness. 
ثم ابتسم في وجه الإمام علي بن أبي طالب The Prophet, he smiled at the face of Ali ibn Abi Talib ودخل على Fatima. And then he immediately went into, uh, he went to go see Fatima in her room. And the Prophet says to Fatima al-Zahra alayhi salam, he says to his daughter, إِنَّ عَلِيًّا قَدْ ذَكَرَ عَنْ أَمْرِكِ شَيْئًا He says to her that Ali has made a mention of you. وَإِنِّي سَأَلْتُ رَبِّي أَنْ أُزَوِّجَكِ خَيْرَ خَلْقِهِ فَمَا تَرَيْنِ The Prophet وآله, he says to Fatima that Ali has expressed interest in marrying you and I have asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to marry you to the best of his creation. So what do you think? So here the Prophet is basically hinting to her that I made a dua that Allah weds you to the best of his creation and this is the man. Ali is the best of God's creation. So what is your opinion? What do you say? Do you want to take him as a husband? So you look at, you see the, the bashfulness of Ali, the shyness of Ali and you see the, the haya of Sayyidah Fatima salam, فَسَكَتَتْ she remained silent. And of course the Prophet knows his daughter, he knows her shyness. فَخَرَجَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَآلِهِ وَهُوَ يَقُولُ اللَّهُ أَكْبَرُ سُكُوتُهَا إِقْرَارُهَا God is great. Her silence is her acceptance. فَأَتَاهُ جِبْرَائِيلَ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ فَقَالَ يَا مُحَمَّدْ جِبْرَائِيلَ descended upon the Prophet and said, O Muhammad, Zawwijha Ali ibn Abi Talib. Ya Rasulullah, marry her to Ali ibn Abi Talib, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ قَدْ رَضِيَهَا لَهُ Because Allah is pleased that she is given to him, وَرَضِيَهُ لَهَا And Allah is pleased that he will be given to her as a husband. After the, the, the agreement is made that Ali is to be wed to Fatima. The narration says, Amara Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi Anas ibn Malik. Anas ibn Malik was a companion of the Prophet. He was fairly young. He was actually a servant in the home of the Prophet. The Prophet commanded Anas ibn Malik أَنْ يَجْمَعَ الصَّحَابَةَ لِيُعْلِنْ عَلَيْهِمْ نَبَأَ تَزْوِيجِ فَاطِمَ لِلْإِمَامِ عَلِي The Prophet says to Anas, go and gather all of the companions so that he could announce the marriage of Fatima to Ali. So, of course, you know, many of the companions, they lived in close proximity to the masjid. And in fact, many of their living quarters were attached to the masjid as we discussed. When all of the sahaba came together, the Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَىٰ أَمَرَنِي أَنْ أُزَوِّجَ فَاطِمَ بِنْتْ خَدِيجَةَ مِنْ عَلِي بْنَ أَبِي طَالِبٍ Verily Allah has commanded me to wed Fatima, daughter of Khadija, to Ali 
the son of Abu Talib and see how the Prophet makes it a point to mention Khadija and to mention Abu Talib. So their, their names are not forgotten. Their contributions are not forgotten. So they remain in the collective memory of the, the Muslims. Now in terms of the, the mahr, the bridal gift uh, of Fatima Now of course Imam Amir al-Mu'mineen was about 23-24 years old at the time. And as you can imagine, the Imam salam did not have anything of material value that he could give to her as a, as a bridal gift or as a dowry as some call it. The Imam salam he had a few items, you know, Bear in mind that the Muslims suffered the economic sanctions in Mecca. They had just arrived in Medina about a, a year and a half, two years ago. So they were struggling financially. And Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib, really the only things that he owned was his, he had a camel that he would use for his work. Uh, and he had a sword. And he had a shield. So the Prophet ﷺ, he asked the Imam that, do you have anything to offer Fatima as a mahar? Imam Amir al-Mu'mineen, he says, Ya Rasulullah, you know everything that I own. All I have is this camel, and I have my sword, and I have my shield. The Prophet ﷺ, he says, Oh Ali, as for your camel, you need it for your work. You know, you work, and you need it to to haul goods, and it's not something that you can sell. You need it for your work. As for your sword, Islam needs your sword. But, oh Ali, maybe you can do away with the shield. Someone like you doesn't is not in dire need of a shield. So Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib salam, he goes to the marketplace and he pawns the shield for about four to five hundred dirhams. And this becomes the mahar of Fatima. The shield of Ali becomes the, the bridal gift of Fatima to Zahra. Now it's important to remember that the currency of the time was in the form of gold coins, which were called dinars, and silver coins, which were called dirhams. So the shield of Ali ibn Abi Talib sold for Four to five hundred dirhams. Now, if you if you want to get a sense of how much that is worth today, to get an idea of you know what was the mahar for the greatest woman who was ever created for the most blessed marriage, the most blessed wedding, what was the mahar? So, a dirham is a silver coin. So you're looking at about two and a half grams of silver. So if you if you take 500 silver coins, and if you look at what the equivalent of that would be, and of course it fluctuates depending on the price of silver, the, the bridal gift, the mahar of Fatima to Zahra, was equivalent to about 1300 US dollars. This was the mahar of Sayyidat Nisa al Alameen. And this is why when we, when we get married, when we want to designate a bridal gift, we should definitely try not to exceed the, the mahar of Fatima to Zara. This is mahar sunnah. This is uh, the, the type of mahar that we should, uh, we should follow when we want to get married. So Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib salam, he, he presents the, 
the bridal gift to the Prophet And the narration says, فَأَمَرَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَآلِهِ أَنْ يُجْعَلَ ثُلُثَهَا فِي الطِّيبِ the Prophet took the bridal gift, and of course, you know, this was all done with the consent of Sayyidah Fatima. Sayyidah Fatima is happy that the Prophet would do anything he wishes with the bridal gift. So the Prophet takes a third of the money and he designates it for perfumes. He, he requests some people to purchase some perfumes. I mean, this, this, is, this shows you how much Islam emphasizes and stresses the importance of good hygiene and being pleasant and, uh, and smelling good. And a third of the mahar was spent on clothing. You know, people were poor at that time. They used that money to buy some garments, some new garments. And 63 coins were set aside to be spent on household items, like some dishes and bowls and things that you would need uh, to run a household. And the remainder of it, The remainder of it was given to Umm Salama, and she was to keep it with her uh, uh, for Fatima to Zahra whenever she needs it. And then the Prophet, he says, Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib actually reports that Rasulullah, the Prophet then said to me, Now that now that you know everything has been decided, the mahar has been given, now they need to prepare for the wedding celebration. So the Prophet says to Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib, Ya Ali, Fadila. Oh Ali, prepare some food. For your family, prepare some food for the the wedding celebration. Subhanallah. You know, usually when we get married, we hire someone else to cook for us. But Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib alayhi salam, he uh, he is the one who actually prepares the food that will be served at the the walima. The Prophet says. On us, meaning that I will take care of the meat and the bread. That, O Ali, you bring the dates and the butter. Imam, he says that I purchased some dates and some butter, and the Prophet took care of the meat and the bread. Rasulullah. Then the Prophet said to me, O Ali, Udruman Ahbabt, invite whoever you wish to the feast, to the wedding feast. So Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib السلام, he says, Fa'ataytul Masjid, Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib, he says, I went to the masjid to invite people to the wedding feast. And I saw that the masjid was full of companions of the Prophet. And the Imam السلام, he says to himself that I felt embarrassed to invite some people and not others. So 
the Imam السلام, saw that he was in an awkward position. You know, he couldn't just handpick people that he wanted to invite. You know, people would be offended. So, The Imam saw some elevated place and he stood on it and he called out to the people. You are all invited to the wedding feast of Fatima to Zahra people, people accepted the invitation. They came out, they were moving towards the, the banquet. When Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib saw these crowds of people, he became worried. He was embarrassed over the he was embarrassed about how many people there were and how much how little food was prepared. And the narration says, فَعَلِمَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَآلِهِ مَا تَدَاخَلَنِي Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib, he says that the Prophet knew what I was thinking. He knew what was concerning me. He knew that I was worried that maybe the food would not be sufficient to feed all of these guests. So the Prophet, he looks at Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib, فَقَالَ يَا عَلِي إِنِّي سَأَدْعُ اللَّهَ بِالْبَرَكَةَ Oh Ali, I will ask Allah to put barakah in this food. I will ask Allah to bless this food. And the Imam السلام, he says, وَأَكَلَ الْقَوْمِ عَنْ آخِرِهِمْ طَعَامِي وَشَرَبُوا شَرَابِي وَدَعُوا لِي بِالْبَرَكَةِ وَصَدَرُوا وَهُمْ أَكْثَرُ مِنْ أَرْبَعْتِ آلَافِ رَجُلِ Imam السلام, he says, everyone ate and everyone drank and people were praying for me, asking Allah to bless my marriage. And the attendees were more than 4,000 people. And what's astounding about the walima of Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib and Sayyidah Fatima is that people ate and ate, and the Imam says, People ate and ate, and none of the food was decreased. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi sahaf famuli'at that the Prophet he asked for some trays and he filled the trays with food and he sent some trays to his wives and then he requested another tray and he filled it with food and he requested that it be sent to the house of Ali and Fatima. This is the this is the dua of the Prophet. This is the barakah that Allah had put in that, in that food where everyone ate to their fill and there was leftovers and those leftovers were also being uh, distributed. And then the narration says, لَمَّا كَانَتْ لَيْلَةَ الزِّفَافِ When it was the wedding night, when Fatima was preparing to leave her home and go to her new home with her husband Ali ibn Abi Talib, the Prophet mounted her on a mule. And again, this was a very average uh, mode of transportation. You know, a camel is something that you would, you would consider to be luxury. A horse is luxury. A donkey is, is you know, a very cheap 
mode of transportation. A baghla is a mule, which is something very moderate. So you see that there was no extravagance in the wedding of Ali and Fatima. وَثَنَا عَلَيْهَا قَطِيفَةً The Prophet put kind of a place for her to sit. And he said to her, he said to her, ride the, the mule. فَأَرْكَبَهَا وَأَمَرَ سَلْمَانْ أَنْ يَقُودَ بِهَا إِلَى بَيْتِهَا Salman, he took the reins of the mule and he directed it towards her new home. And the Prophet commanded the daughters of Abdul Muttalib and the women of the Muhajirin and the Ansar to accompany Fatima and to recite the praise and the glorification of Allah. ثُمَّ إِنَّ النَّبِيَّ أَخَذَ عَلِيًّا بِيَمِينِهِ وَفَاطِمَ بِشِمَالِهِ وَضَمَّهُمَا إِلَىٰ صَدْرِهِ The Prophet took Ali with his right hand and he took Fatima with his left and he hugged Ali and Fatima. فَقَبَّلَ بَيْنَ أَعْيُنِهِمَا The Prophet kissed them between their eyes. He would kiss the forehead of Fatima, he kissed the forehead of Ali ibn Abi Talib. وَأَخَذَ بِيَدِ فَاطِمَ فَوَضَعَهَا فِي يَدِ عَلِيهِ He took the hand of Fatima and he placed it in the hand of Ali and he said to Ali, بَارَكَ اللَّهُ لَكَ فِي ابْنَةِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ May Allah bless you now that you have in your company, now that the daughter of the Messenger of God is your wife. وَقَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَآلِهُ And then the Prophet said to Ali, يَا عَلِي نِعْمَ الزَّوْجَ زَوْجَتُكَ Oh Ali, you, your wife is the best of wives. وَقَالَ يَا فَاطِمَ And the Prophet also says to Fatima, Oh Fatima, نِعْمَ الْبَعْلْ بَعْلُكِ Oh Ali, oh Fatima, Ali is the best of husbands. ثُمَّ قَالَ لَهُمَا إِذْهَبَا إِلَىٰ بَيْتِكُمَا جَمَعَ اللَّهُ بَيْنَكُمَا وَأَصْلَحَ بَالَكُمَا Go to your home and be blessed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shower His blessings and His mercy upon you. وَقَامَ يَمْشِي بَيْنَهُمَا حَتَّى أَدْخَلَهُمَا بَيْتَهُمَا The Prophet then escorted them and he took them into their new home. And then the narration says that the Prophet ﷺ, he commanded all of the women to leave, to give some privacy to the newlyweds. Asma' bint Umais, she says that I remained in the house with Fatima. Fatima and Ali are now their newlyweds, they've just entered their new residence. She said, the Prophet said to all of the, other, all of the women, leave, but I stayed. فَلَمَّا أَرَادَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَآلِهِ الْخُرُوجِ When the Prophet was preparing to leave, he saw a shadow. And the Prophet says, who is there? And I said, it's me, Asma bint Umais. The Prophet said, didn't I command everyone? Didn't I order everyone to leave? She said, yes, Ya Rasulullah. I did not stay here. I did not stay behind with the intention of disobeying you. I stayed for a few moments because of a promise that I made to Khadija. Khadija had requested me to be there on the day of her daughter's wedding 
and I wanted to stay here with Fatima on behalf of her mother Khadija. And the narration says that the Prophet began to cry when he heard the wasiyah of Sayyidah Khadija and how she wanted Asma to be with Fatima Zahra on her wedding day and to embrace her and kiss her on her behalf. And the Prophet said to Asma that stay as long as you wish. That concludes our discussion for this episode. Uh, inshallah, we have a few more things to discuss before we uh, speak about the Battle of Badr. We still need to speak about the the changing of the Qibla and the marriage of, uh, of Aisha to the Prophet. And then inshallah, we'll transition to the first major battle uh, of Islam, the Battle of Badr. Uh, with that said, thank you so much, brothers and sisters, for tuning in. And I look forward to having you join me uh, in our upcoming episodes on the life of Prophet Muhammad. Wa sallallahu ala Muhammadin wa alihi al-tahirin.